Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 107, verses 1 through 3 and 23 through 32. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for she is good, for her steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, those she redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the mighty waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, her wondrous works in the deep. For she commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their calamity. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and she brought them out of their distress. She made the, she made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad because they had quiet, and she brought them to their desired ha- haven. Let them thank the Lord for her steadfast love, for her wonderful works to humankind. Let them extol her in the congregation of the people, and praise her in the assembly of the elders. Job chapter 29 verse 21 through chapter 30 verse 15. They listened to me and waited, and kept silence for my counsel. After I spoke, they did not speak again, and my word dropped upon them like dew. They waited for me as for the rain. They opened their mouths as for the spring rain. I smiled on them when they had no confidence, and the light of my countenance they did not extinguish. I chose their way and sat as chief, and I lived like a king among his his troops, like one who comforts mourners. But now they make sport of me, those who are younger than I, whose fathers I have disdained, to set with the dogs of my flock. Who could I gain from the strength of their hands? All their vigor is gone. Though through want and hard hunger they gnaw the dry and desolate ground, they pick mallow and the leaves of bushes, and to warm themselves the roots of broom. They are driven out from society. People shout after them as after a thief. In the gullies of wadis they must live, in holes in the ground and in the rocks. Among the bushes they bray, under the nettles they huddle together. A senseless, disreputable brood. They have been whipped out of the land. And now they mock me in song. I am byword to them. They abhor me. They keep aloof from me. They do not hesitate to spit at the sight of me. Because God has loosed my bowstring and humbled me, they have cast off restraint in my presence. On my right hand the rabble rouse up. They send me sprawling in the build and build roads for my ruin. They break up my path. They promote my calamity. No one restrains them. As through a wide breach they come, amid the crash they roll on. Terrors are turned upon me. My honor is pursued as by the wind, and my prosperity has passed away like a cloud. Acts chapter 21, verses 1 through 16. When we had parted from them and set sail, we came by a straight course to cause and the next day to Rhodes, 
and from there to Patera. When we found a ship bound for Phoenicia, we went on board and set sail. We came inside of Cyprus, and leaving it on our left, we sailed to Syria and landed at Tyre, because the ship was to unload its cargo there. We looked up the disciples and stayed there for seven days. Through the Spirit, they told Paul not to go to Jerusalem. When our days were there were ended, we left and proceeded on our journey, and all of them, with wives and children, escorted us outside the city. There we knelt down on the beach and prayed and said farewell to one another. Then we went on board the ship, and they returned home. When we had finished the voyage from Tyre, we arrived at Ptolemy, and we greeted the believers and stayed with them for one day. The next day we left and came to Caesarea, and we went into the house of Philip the evangelist, one of the seven, and stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters who had the gift of prophecy. While we were staying there for several days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. He came to us and took Paul's belt, bound his own feet and hands with it, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, This is the way the Jews in Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, and we and the people there urged him not to go to Jerusalem, then Paul answered, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of Lord Jesus. Since he would not be persuaded, we remained silent except to say, The Lord's will be done. After these days, we got ready and started to go up to Jerusalem. Some of the disciples from Caesarea also came along and brought us to the house of Manasseh of Cyprus, an early disciple with whom we were to stay. Good morning and welcome to the third Friday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 107, Job 29 and 30, and Acts 21. And the readings have this kind of foreboding tone to them. Uh, the reading, <clears throat> the reading from Job talks about you know kind of being chased by your adversaries and you know um, kind of being uh, close to defeat. Um, and we don't know it yet, but there's hints that Acts 21 is the beginning of the end for Paul as well as for the Book of Acts. Um, when they uh, are traveling around, they get this sense, or dream, or something that they shouldn't go to Jerusalem. And then they're warned by um, some of the disciples of the same, that uh, the man who owns that belt will get tied up in this way. Um, and the um, despite the warnings, despite the kind of temperature in the room, I guess, um, Paul decides to go to Jerusalem. And it doesn't seem like he has a plan other than like, He's being warned not to go, and he sees an opportunity to be uh, persecuted for Jesus Christ and possibly even die. And when he goes to Jerusalem, he will get locked up, and there will be an attempt made on his life. But I said it's the beginning of the end because chapter 21, 22, 23 uh, are these series of trials Um, going on through 28, um, from here to chapter 28, the end of Acts, it's going to be a constant uh, story. Uh, It's almost like repeating, uh, almost word for word in places where 
Paul is tried and arrested and locked up and then interrogated by, you know, Jewish authorities, Roman authorities. Um, and uh, there's several soldier saints that are really important. Well, I shouldn't say soldier saints, not all saints. <clears throat> but there's multiple instances uh, where Paul comes into contact with Roman soldiers, um, both administratively and, um, I don't know, law enforcement Um if you haven't read, or if I haven't said recently, the, the Roman military had s many functions, just like it does today in our own American military. Um, combat was rare, just like it's rare now. Um, most soldiers did administrative roles in cities of kind of maintaining the status quo. Um, they were jailers. They were they were essentially local, um, on-the-ground bureaucrats for Rome. And being soldiers meant they you know, made them loyal to Rome, but also meant they could kill people if they had to. And it was Pilate who had to pass off the death sentence for the Jews on Good Friday. Anyway, um, what makes the end of Acts so noteworthy for military readers um, <clears throat> is that every single interaction with a Roman soldier, especially the low-ranking soldiers, the mid-level soldiers, um, the soldiers act in exemplary fashion. Um, soldiers have this reputation, and they had this reputation, particularly um, during and after the Jewish War of 70 CE, of, of extorting locals, of being oppressive and abusing their authority. They did have that reputation. And yet in Acts, which is written after the fall of the, the temple, when Rome becomes much more oppressive in Judea, um, despite their reputation, every soldier that Paul encounters um, treats Paul with respect and oftentimes protects him against the unruly and violent, mostly Jewish mob. There's some Greek mobs, but, or, you know, secular mobs are upset that they had their magic girl taken away from him, whatever. But um, if you are you know, making a study of soldiers and acts, um, they appear most frequently when they are detaining Paul and moving him from place to place. And every single time, they are the model of, you know, they're model soldiers. They do only what they're supposed to do. They don't ex exceed their authority. They don't beat him up. They don't extort him. And they even protect them. They're suspicious um, of kind of Jewish motives, uh, the motives of um, the Jerusalem Sanhedrin and some of the um, uh, some of the Jews who've come down from Asia Minor. Um, and so he's going to Jerusalem to get persecuted and to you know, et cetera, et cetera. But it isn't by um, <clears throat> it isn't by the Romans, it's by the Jews. And that's why um, the prophet Agabus says, this is the way the Jews in Jerusalem will bind the man who owns his belt. Um, and they drag him before um, the Roman authorities time and time again, trying to get him locked up or killed. Um, and they fail repeatedly. Um, but And it, it's this kind of odd end, or the... The beginning of the end is precipitated on Paul's insistence 
on being seen by Caesar, because he's a Roman citizen, which will come up in Acts 22, it's kind of clear he's going to prevail in court, but he says, I appeal to Caesar. And as soon as you do that, as a Roman citizen, you get to go to Rome. Um, And there's even commentary about, like, uh, by the the judge, um, gosh, I can't remember his name now, um, who says to a friend, like, he could have gotten away, but he decided to appeal to Rome. Now it's going to be this whole thing. And that's what sets up his journey to Rome, um, his writings to Rome. And then, according to oral traditions, he's killed in, he's killed by Nero um, after the fire in Rome of 60-something, 64, 63, I can't remember. Um, <clears throat> but that's why, um, so that's why uh, Acts 21 is the beginning of the end. It's when Paul receives this vision and uh, this message from a prophet and a, a warning, and he goes headlong. He leans into persecution to go down to Jerusalem and be bound by the Jews um, and be handed over to the Gentiles. Um, and uh, it makes me think, like, you know, when you, <laughs> when you receive visions or, or um, have this, you know, kind of sense from God, it isn't always, you don't always take God's advice. It, you know, it's, it's ambiguous with Agabus whether or not he's like, don't go down there because God doesn't want you to be locked up in chains. He says, if you go down here, this is what's going to happen. And Paul says, yeah, that sounds fun. I'll do that. Um, and before then, through the Spirit, people in Cyprus, or not, no, I'm sorry, Tyre, um, disciples in Tyre told him not to go to Jerusalem through the Spirit. So there is some sense, at least in Luke's mind, that he shouldn't. He wasn't supposed to do it, but he does it anyway, ch- kind of chasing martyrdom, which isn't bad. Um, you know, other other early Christians did that as well. Ignatius of Poly, or Ignatius of Lyon and, and Polycarp, um, they were eager to get killed for what it would earn them in uh, in the hereafter. Um, but these messages and, and warnings, you know, it's it's not a foregone conclusion that you could you could do this thing that you're warned not to do in pursuing uh, God's glory and um, witnessing to uh, what it is to be a person of God. And so it's, I, I kind of think of it, you know, grunts are kind of headstrong. Uh, and they're kind of quick to act, and that's what makes me think of Paul. Is like he gets this warning, "Don't do this thing," and just like uh, Joshua and Caleb, when they see these giants in the land, they're like, "Fuck it, you know, whatever's po- everything's possible with God. We got God on our side. Let's do this thing." And Paul here, you know, kind of has that, you know, a very similar mentality of like, "Point me to danger, and that's where I'm headed," um, which is very much like a kind of a, you know, an enlisted mentality, you know, kind of a gruntish mentality. Um, and that sometimes warnings are for our, our, our own good. Um, but to, to run headlong into conflict and danger, I think is also, you know, it's, if not good, it's certainly permissible. Um, and that's one of those characteristics that I've, I, I find in myself because of my military training and service, but I've also heard others say things similar, 
um, that like, you know, if I hear shooting, I run toward it, right? Uh, because people are in trouble and, you know, shooting doesn't scare me. Paul here is saying, look, you know, being bound and, and turned over to the Gentiles doesn't scare me. In fact, my mission is to the Gentiles. And if, if this is an opportunity to reach them, then I'll do it. Um, that danger doesn't have the final word, um, that fear and anxiety and survival are not the, the greatest goods that, that as Christians we hope to attain. A prayer for our enemies from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, the Father of all, whose Son commanded us to love our enemies, lead them and us from prejudice to truth. Deliver them and us from hatred, cruelty, and revenge. And in your good time, enable us all to stand reconciled before you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where PewPewHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.